Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Hackers steal $150 million from crypto exchange from Bitmark Cayman Registered Crypto Exchange. New York City poised to give voting rights to non-citizens. Tobagians on progressive Democratic patriots 14-1 victory. Canada gives Jamaica $21 million to support women empowerment. And more arrests in Guadeloupe after protesters clash with police. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, December 8th. We start a report today in the Cayman Islands. The Cayman Compass reports that Cayman Registered Crypto Exchange, Bitmart, has lost at least $150 million U.S. dollars after a security breach. The company suspended withdrawals on Sunday, December 5th, after it reported the day before that hackers were able to take $150 million in crypto assets using a stolen private key. The company's CEO, Sheldon Zai, said in a notice that Bitmart has identified a large-scale security breach related to one of our Ether hot wallets and one of our Binance Smart Chains hot wallets. He said all of the exchange's other wallets were secured and unharmed. Crypto hot wallets, unlike coal wallets, are connected to the internet. This makes them more convenient to use but also less secure. The cryptocurrency wallet consists of a set of public addresses and private encrypted keys. While cryptocurrency can be deposited in a public address, it cannot be removed without secret private key. Bitmart will use our own funding to cover the incident and compensate affected users, Zai said in a second notice on the company's website on December 6th. We're also taking multiple project teams to confirm the most reasonable solutions such as token swap. No user assets will be harmed. He added that deposit and withdrawal functions of the exchange would gradually resume on Tuesday, December 7, once the company retrieved security setups and restored operations. Only last week, Bitmark closed a Series B funding round led by New York-based private equity firm Alexander Capital Ventures with a $300 million valuation. The company says it has more than nine. 9 million users worldwide and is ranked among the top 15 crypto exchanges in Going Gecko. Although the company is widely described in media reports as headquartered in the Cayman Islands, it is registered in the Caymans but has offices in Singapore, New York, Hong Kong, and Seoul. HaitiNews.net reports that New York City, long a beacon for immigrants, is on the cups of becoming the largest place in the United States to give non-citizens the right to vote in local elections. Legally documented voting age non-citizens comprise nearly one in nine of the city's seven million voting age inhabitants. Under a bill nearing approval, some 800,000 non-citizens would be allowed to cast ballots in elections to pick the mayor, city council members, and other municipal office holders. Non-citizens wouldn't be able to vote for president or members of Congress in federal races or in the state election that picked the governor, judges, and legislators. Little stands in the way of the effort becoming law. The measure has broad support within the city council, which is expected to ratify the proposal Thursday. Mayor Bill de Blasio has 
has raised concerns about the wisdom and legality of the legislation, but said he won't veto it. The law would give an electoral voice to many New Yorkers who love the city and have made it their permanent home, but can't easily become U.S. citizens or would rather remain citizens of their home nations for various reasons. More than a dozen communities across the United States currently allow non-citizens to vote, including 11 towns in Maryland and two in Vermont. San Francisco, through a ballot initiative ratified by voters in 2016, began allowing non-citizens to vote in school board elections, which was also true in New York City until it abolished its board in 2002 and gave control of schools to the mayor. The move in Democrat-controlled New York cities is a counterpoint to restrictions being enacted in some states where Republicans have espoused unsupported claims of ramped fraud by non-citizens in federal elections. Last year, voters in Alabama, Colorado, and Florida ratified measures specifying that only U.S. citizens can vote, joining Arizona and North Dakota in adopting rules that would preempt any attempts to pass laws like the one being considered in New York City. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that the progressive Democratic Patriots' historic 14-1 defeat of the People's National Movement in Monday's Tobago House of Assembly election may have surprised Trinis, but Tobagians' new sweeping changes were on the horizon. As seat after seat was declared for the progressive Democratic Patriots after the polls closed on Monday, the island exploded into celebrations as 6 deadlock from January 26th election was broken. The People's National Movement had controlled the Assembly for 21 consecutive years and was campaigning for another term based on providing stability and continued development. But its appeals were drowned by cries for change. On Tuesday afternoon, Tobago was buzzing at almost every corner as the public discussed the election outcome and shared hopes on how they anticipate the next four years under the progressive Democratic Patriots administration would be. They all said people's national movement stood no chance. A North American Caribbean Teachers Association poll a week before the election said it was too close to call, but gave the people's national movement the edge on incumbency and resources. Responding to the North American Caribbean Teachers Association poll, progressive Democrat Patriots Deputy Leader Farley Augustine told Newsday last week that the North American Caribbean Teachers Association was unaware of what was happening on the ground. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Minister of Culture, Gender, Entertainment and Sports, the Honorable Olivia Grange, says Canada's donation of $21 million to causes of women empowerment will immensely aid victims of domestic violence. Speaking at a handover of the funds at the High Commission of Canada in St. Andrew on Monday, Minister Grange said the gift was made by the Canada 
fund for local initiatives to the Bureau of Gender Affairs and several local organizations to support various community-based projects. These include gender-based violence interventions and coronavirus response and will reduce gender inequality. This project contributes immensely to peace and restoration for several survivors of gender-based violence and women-led community groups, the minister said, adding that it will also strengthen local government and community governance structures. The Bureau of Gender Affairs was officially handed $3,075,000 to improve the economic and psychosocial support offered at the country's national shelters. All the recipient groups, including the Bureau of Gender Affairs, will implement activities to address social and economic issues arising from the pandemic for the 2021 and 2022 period. The other organizations are International Women's Coffee Alliance, Southeast Cockpit, Country Local Forest Management Committee, Grants Mounting Local Forest Management Committee, Trans Wave, the Peace Management Initiative, Women of Destiny, and the Northgate Youth and Family Development Foundation. Canadian High Commissioner to Jamaica, Her Excellency Amina Tudakovic, said the program is geared at achieving real impact at the community level. The event was also used to officially launch and commemorate 16 days of activism against gender-based violence and the National Day of Remembrance and Action on Violence Against Women in Canada. Bahamanews.net reports that seven more people were arrested in Guadeloupe, according to authorities on Monday. The French Overseas Territory has seen nearly a month of often violent clashes and protests over COVID-19 restrictions and general anger over difficult living conditions. Two people were arrested on Monday morning following clashes which saw three police officers injured when rocks were thrown at them local authorities said on Monday. Police were trying to clear a roadblock set up by protesters when they were attacked with projectiles in a siege which lasted several hours. Tear gas was fired to break up the crowd. Another roadblock was dismantled and five other people arrested, including a man carrying an automatic rifle. Traffic had almost returned to normal across the island on Monday with a few exceptions. An extended curfew and place was lifted early on Tuesday morning. Guadeloupe, Martinique and St. Martin have been the center of social unrest since mid-November, which began as a protest against stricter COVID-19 measures, including mandatory vaccination for healthcare workers. The French Caribbean, which has one of the lowest vaccination rates, has seen a number of COVID-19 infections jump to 1,000 cases per 100 people in Martinique, 2,000 in Guadeloupe for a government alert level at 50 cases per 100,000 people. Dominica News Online reports that Barbados continues to receive congratulatory messages and international recognition from around the world after becoming a parliamentary republic. 
After months of preparation, the country made this historic change on November 30, 2021, on its 55th anniversary of independence after announcing its intention to become a republic since September 2020. The country was a parliamentary constitutional monarchy under the hereditary monarch of Barbados, Queen Elizabeth II. During a grand ceremony in Barbados, Her Excellency Dame Sandra Mason was also sworn in and announced as Barbados's first president, removing Queen Elizabeth II as head of state. In an addressed letter to the president of Barbados, Dominica's president, Charles Servin, congratulated Dame Mason on behalf of the Commonwealth of Dominica and its government. I extend heartfelt congratulations to you on your historic swearing-in as the president of Barbados on this, the 55th anniversary of independence of Barbados on November 30, 2021, he stated. I further wish on behalf of the government and people of the Commonwealth of Dominica to congratulate Prime Minister Honorable Mia Motley, the government and people of Barbados, on this significant transition from Commonwealth realm of Her Majesty the Queen of the United Kingdom to a republic and also becoming the third Caribbean Commonwealth country with its own duly elected president as head of state, the president said. Saravan said both Dominica and Barbados are bound by ties of friendship based on a common history, values, and interests, adding that Dominica looks forward to continued cooperation and collaboration through the sharing of ideas, the strengthening of our commitments to the Caribbean community, CARICOM, and the Commonwealth, and the other regional and international organizations, especially now as we navigate the unprecedented circumstances of the COVID-19 pandemic. CARICOM Secretary General Dr. Carla Barnett congratulatory message to Barbados Prime Minister Mia Motley as relayed in a press release said the theme for the celebration rebuilding a nation embracing our heritage was most appropriate given that Barbados has chosen this moment in its history to shift its trajectory and become a republic. This opens a new chapter in the country's development. The Secretary General stated in her message. Barbadians can face the future with renewed pride as this transition closes the circle of independence, she added. Dr. Barnett also noted Barbados's progress in the 55 years of nationhood has been most impressive and its citizens have made the country proud in a variety of areas globally, including politics, diplomacy, academia, the arts, and sports. The community is highly appreciative of Barbados's leadership, which began as an original signatory to the treaty establishing CARICOM and countries with its responsibility for the CARICOM single market and economy within the CARICOM quasi-cabinet, the Secretary General said. Bahamanews.net reports that a Caribbean-based prime minister, a scientist, a group of indigenous women, and 
and entrepreneur were announced on Tuesday as this year's winners of the United Nations Champion of the Earth Awards. According to the UN Environmental Program, all the female champions were chosen for their impacts and leadership in advancing bold action on behalf of people and the planet. For the 2021 prizes, the UN Environmental Program received a record number of nominations from all over the world. The agency's executive director, Inger Anderson, said the winners' profiles demonstrate that all of us can contribute. Every single act for nature counts. The entire spectrum of humanity has both a global responsibility and a profound opportunity, she said. This year's champions are women who not only inspire us, but also remind us that we have in our hands the solutions, the knowledge, and the technology to limit climate change and avoid ecological collapse. In the area of driving action, Prime Minister Mia Motley of Barbados was honored in the policy leadership category for her powerful voice for a sustainable world coming from the global south consistently raising the alarm about the vulnerability of small island developing states. The UN Environmental Program calls the Prime Minister a driving force for climate action across the Latin American and Caribbean region, the first region to agree on the action plan for the UN decade of the ecosystem restoration. Under her leadership, Barbados has adopted ambitious renewable energy targets, committing to a fossil fuel-free electricity and transportation sector by 2030. At the same time, the country is implementing numerous conservation and restoration projects from forests through cities to coastline and the ocean. Since its foundation in 2005, the Champions of the Earth Award has distinguished 101 laureates, including 25 world leaders, 62 individuals and 14 organizations. And finally, Billboard reports that two months after announcing that Dick Clark's New Year's Rocking Eve with Ryan Seacrest 2022 will host its first ever Spanish language countdown live from Puerto Rico, Billboard can unveil the first confirmed guests. ABC and MRC Live and Alternative announced Tuesday that the 50th annual televised celebration will feature global reggaeton star Daddy Yankee with a home town performance in his native San Juan, as well as actress and singer Rosalind Sanchez as one of the co-hosts to oversee the end-of-year festivities on the island. The inaugural Spanish language countdown, which coincides with the celebration of San Juan's 500th anniversary of its founding, is set to take place on the grounds of the Puerto Rico Convention Center and Distrito T-Mobile, with host Seacrest overseeing New Year's festivities in Times Square. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, December 8th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at PulseOfTheCaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.